Justin Rumley, and I am your friendly anchor over here at the Anchored Studios, and I'm so glad you have chosen to tune in and join us this afternoon. Anchored is the ministry of Peoria Christian School, where we gather the PCS Bible team to provide biblical commentary on the claims of the culture, and you are in for a treat today. I know it's been a few months since we've had an Anchored episode, but fear not, I made sure that our first episode coming back would be a good one. We have a special guest in studio with us today. In fact, I consider her a very special guest. She is my gorgeous wife, Molly Rumley, and uh, she's going to share with us some very important information about what she does and how there are some uh, different things happening down in Springfield that could very well have an impact, if not on us here at PCS, certainly on our neighbors, friends, and family. So, uh, Molly, I want to welcome you to this to the studio, and I would just love to have you kind of introduce yourself to our listeners as to what you do and maybe why you're here with us. So I work as a pro-life, pro-family lobbyist in Springfield. I represent uh, Illinois Right to Life Action, Pro-Family Alliance, and then I also represent non-public schools in the state through um, the Illinois Coalition of Non-Public Schools. Anyone who doesn't know, a lobbyist tries to... Uh, build relationships with legislators in a way that we can later on talk to them regarding different pieces of legislation that could go through and try to persuade them one way or the other as to whether or not they should vote or not vote for certain pieces of legislation. You know, when when you hear the word lobbyist, I think a lot of people immediately assume that you must be uh, the, the worst person in the world, right? When we hear of campaign commercials, the, the one thing Democrats and Republicans agree on seemingly is that lobbyists are the problem. Very briefly, because you've explained it to me so well before, but for the benefit of our listeners, why are lobbyists so important or especially on the issues that Christians should care about? Well, I kind of had the same view of lobbyists before I met my lobbying associate, Ralph, because um, we do get, we do have a bad rep- reputation. Since beginning this job, I've learned that you would not want to live in a world without lobbyists. We are called the third house because they have they do have so much influence over the state legislature or the national legislature. And so, yeah, I will always say that you don't want to live in a world without us because we are there representing you even if your candidate didn't get elected. Well, I've been encouraged because hearing how your partner has been down in Springfield for years now, um, so often I know I personally have seen different laws go through Illinois, and I oftentimes cringe and think, man, if only I could go down to Springfield and knock some sense into these legislators, if only my voice could be heard in Springfield. And uh, certainly, of course, like you tell me all the time, we can call our legislators, but sometimes that just it seems so small. But then hearing how there have always been pro-life, pro-family lobbyists down in Springfield who have been my voice that before these legislators voted, and even though they didn't vote maybe the way I wanted to, I now realize because of people like Ralph and Molly that before these legislators vote, 
uh, on these bills that they will always hear from us through Pro Family Alliance, through Illinois Right to Life. And that's encouraging. And the association, or not the Association of Non-Public Schools. What's it called the again? The Coalition. Of the Coalition of Non-Public Schools. So that's encouraging for me to know that my, my Christian convictions have always been uh, represented and presented to these legislators. And it's so important that we support uh, people like you, Molly, so that we can, that our voice can be louder and that our voice can be more persuasive. So with that, before we uh, transition to the main uh, topic, I would love uh, for us to discuss, uh, you know, if I'm listening, I might be curious, you know, I've never heard of maybe Illinois Right to Life, maybe I've never heard of Pro Family Alliance or the Coalition of Non-Public Schools, but, you know, I would love to learn more. I would love maybe even to support what what you're doing. Where can our listeners connect maybe with your groups and maybe partner with you? Yeah, uh, you can find our groups on Facebook. That's probably actually the best place. We're at Illinois Pro Family Alliance, um, Illinois Right to Life Action. You can find the website for ICNS at, I believe it's ICNS.org. Okay, and then you've also spoken at churches before, right? Yes. So uh, Ralph and I love to come and speak to churches just about the issues, what's going on, and um, you know what people as a church can do to influence the state for the glory of God. Yeah, fantastic. I've had Molly uh, speak at uh, our church before, and I've actually had her in the classroom, uh, especially around uh, the month of November when elections are coming up. So there's a lot of different ways that maybe you could benefit from what Molly does, but she would love to pour into uh, your church or your family as well. But with that, I brought Molly here for a very specific purpose because I think there is an extremely important issue that I think some legislators or at least some politicians would love just to keep it under the radar and just get this rule changed and uh, no one would be any the wiser for it. So uh, when I heard about this, I wanted to do everything I could to uh, just just make people aware of what's going on here in Illinois, especially uh, for those of us who either have kids in education, are educators ourselves, or just have a neighbor or a friend who is in the education system. So Molly, you are the expert on this. Tell us a little more about this concerning rule. What's it called? What will it do? And then what uh, your group, and I think it's Pro Family Alliance for this one, uh, what your group plans to do about it. Yeah, so one of the important things that's good to know when discussing this rule is to know the first thing you need to know is that it's not a bill. So this is a rule that was proposed by the Illinois State Board of Education, and it goes before a very special committee, and it will only be heard by this special committee um, before it either is suspended or goes into effect. So that committee is called the Joint Committee on Administrative Rules, and the job of that committee is to uh, kind of preview rules before they go into effect. So different agencies can come up with rules to comply with current statute. And JCAR kind of says, yes, that complies with statute, or no, we're going to suspend that because it does not comply with statute. So the committee is made up of six Republicans and six Democrats and six House members and six Senate members. This rule is expected to come up in uh, on February 16th and we are asking the members of this committee to vote to suspend the rule. So what this rule will do, it's called the Culturally Responsive Teaching and Leading Standards for All Educators and it was introduced 
or a first notice of it was given on September 11th. So we've been fighting this uh, for a few months now. And our concern with it is that it is unconstitutionally vague. It compels the speech of teachers and it threatens their rights of religious liberties and, and of their conscience. So there are several really concerning things in it, such as that you have to affirm every student's background and identity. And so while we believe that each student should be cared for and loved and treated with kindness and respect because that student is made in the image of God, that does not mean that we have to affirm as morally right or good that which they bring to class in all cases. So they're essentially asking you to affirm their LGBT identity, their I guess I covered transgender status in in that, um, their pro-abortion stances. So essentially everything that we as Christians should not be affirming is what they are asking you to affirm or lose your state teaching license. Very interesting. And now, Molly, let's dive into this a little bit deeper here because I know well, first off, the three groups you represent, one, Illinois Right to Life, primarily focuses on pro-life issues and saving children in the womb. The Coalition of Non-Public Schools, I know you primarily focus on keeping uh, private schools, you know, have their rights. Homeschooling has their rights. And we appreciate that here at PCS, obviously. So then Pro-Family Alliance seems to be the group that primarily focuses on family issues. Things like you said, um, protecting the Christian traditional sexual ethic uh, things along those lines. So when <clears throat> you've been explaining even to me these rules, it seems like that if I'm a public school teacher in the classroom, and you've explained this so well, let's say a uh, student comes into a classroom that has two dads, right? Let's say um, his dad is, is, is gay. You point out that, hey, because that student is made in the image of God, a Christian teacher would have no problem acknowledging what's happening there mm-hmm. to acknowledge that this student has two dads. But what this rule is suggesting that it need, it would coerce and force that teacher to go a step further from tolerating and respecting that student to needing to affirm that student's background. So going from merely acknowledging that this student has two dads, that teacher needs to go further and say it's a good thing that that student has two dads. Am I off base there or is that sum it up well? No, that's exactly correct. So this this rule actually requires that you include representative familiar content in the curriculum to legitimize what students bring to class while also exposing them to new ideas and worldviews different from their own. So not only do you have to go the step further and applaud what kind of family situation that student is in, but you also have to include that in in your curriculum and how you are presenting different ideas, and you have to actually legitimize what that student is bringing to class. So you have, they're essentially asking you to say that what is wrong is actually what is right. So yeah, this even just, uh, just honestly, it hurts my soul to even hear this because Uh, You know, I consider that more and more, it seems our culture is trying to squeeze Christians out of certain professions, tries to pressure them to the point where now, you know, it's hard enough to be a Christian in the public school system. 
but now it seems like they're going even the extra mile to see if you are a biblically consistent Christian teacher, you have no place in the public Mm -hmm. education system. So my heart breaks even for those students that are going to school, you know, under the impression that they're going to learn truth. And this rule will ensure anything but that happens Mm -hmm. in terms of the issues we're discussing. But even more so, once again, my heart goes out as a teacher myself. My heart goes out to, you know, our neighbors, our friends who we sit next to church with, who are great teachers in our local community schools. And now they're going to have, if this rule passes, or passes is a bad word, but if this rule gets uh, enacted, We'll, uh, you know, our Christian neighbors in the school system will have to decide, will they sacrifice their biblical convictions because the state of Illinois expects them to, or will they have to uh, lose their jobs along the line? So that's where the Christian lobbyist comes in, right? That's where Molly and Ralph and Pro Family Line stand in the gap, and you are advocating for that for our neighbors who sit in the same pew as us who are teaching in the schools, and you're representing them. You're also representing that student whom God has big plans for, and you are standing in the gap for them so that they don't have to be confused or deceived on these issues. So I hope as we talk through this, I hope you as the listener are starting to grasp how important lobbyists like Molly and Ralph are and Pro Family Alliance is. So uh, now, Molly, I know on your Facebook page, on your websites, uh, you have more information, but talk a little bit more about why your group takes such a strong stand against this. And maybe as you work through that, um, how can we help you do exactly that? Yeah, so as I said before, this rule really infringes on the rights of all teachers and really all students and parents who are expecting to get truth when they come into the into the classroom. And this, there are so many issues with this rule. I could go on and on all day, but just to name a couple of others, one of the things that this rule does is it actually attacks the idea of objective truth. One of the standards is that the culturally responsive teacher and leader will understand and value the notion that multiple lived experiences exist, that there is not one correct way of doing or understanding something, and that what is seen as correct is often, uh, most often based on our lived experiences. And so you see that this rule is just taking what is true and, and twisting it so that it's not true, so that students are getting a, um, a warped worldview when they go to school. And they're getting that warped worldview from those people that they are supposed to be able to trust, their teachers. And obviously that's if this rule goes into effect. One of the good things is that this rule is not supposed to go into effect um, until October of 2021, assuming it is uh, they fail to suspend it. But we really see this as an infringement on teachers' rights and, like I said, the rights of um, students and parents. And it does that because the proposed rules requirements uh, requires that teachers leverage student activism. Now, activism was one of the words that we protested sharply (laughs) to in our letter. And so I will say that the State Board of Education did change the word activism to advocacy, but we know that activism and advocacy are interchangeable. So the activism taught pursuant to this rule 
has a selective agenda limited to uh, quote-unquote traditionally marginalized populations and selected quote-unquote identities. The the agenda will very possibly not be an agenda that persons of faith, so Christians or Jewish or even um, some Muslims could, they couldn't support this. So these students will be going to school expecting to learn truth and their teachers will be giving them a slanted view of their political ideologies. You know, we have a huge problem in the state where we have trouble with actually educating our students and and having them know what they actually need to know for life when they get out. And so this rule takes away that precious learning time, that precious instruction time where we could be teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic instead of learning that they are going to be learning how to be activists. And I think that we can all agree that we don't have time for that in the state. Well, even my mind goes back to, you know, if you're a parent listening right now and you consider your education growing up, or even if you're a grandparent, consider your education growing up. It's like, man, I think uh, for, for most of us, you, you were equipped with math and science and English and those necessary components. You didn't need your school to teach you how to be an activist, to teach you how to the, what type of political convictions uh, you needed to have. That was the role of your parents. That was the role of your church. That was the role of scripture to form that for you. But here we have the school trying to be the parent, maybe, or we have the school trying to be uh, the spiritual advisor here. And that concerns me as a spiritual life director here, because frankly, I trust you, parent, more than the state of Illinois to do exactly that. I would also just like to say that I feel so bad for the teachers who are trying to be salt and light in their schools. And the state is quite literally saying you are not allowed to do that anymore. It's such a violation of our of our First Amendment rights that not only is it good enough anymore to not say what you believe, but now they actually want you to say something contrary to what you believe. And isn't that one of the ways pro-family alliance is attacking this suggested rule change, is saying it compels speech, therefore is unconstitutionally vague, things along those lines. Isn't that the case? That's exactly it. This rule doesn't have any legal definitions. It's pretty much completely void of any of those. Um, so we, yeah, we think it's unconstitutionally vague. It compels speech. And once again, it infringes on your religious rights. So knowing what could lie ahead for Illinois, what are some ways we as concerned citizens here in Illinois, and man, in Illinois, we, we are concerned a lot, it seems like, when it comes to politics. Uh, what can we do to help make your job easier in order to ensure this silly rule change doesn't come to pass? Well, the first thing that you can do is sign up for updates with us. We hard, we do not send out, we do not bombard you with emails or anything. Um, but you can sign up at ilpfa.org to get regular updates from us. Or if it's easier, you can uh, like and follow our Facebook page at Illinois Pro Family Alliance. And what we do there is we just update you with what's going on in the state and sometimes throughout the country. But then we also send out alerts as to when you need to contact your uh, representative or your state senator and explain you know, why we're asking you to reach out to them. So that's probably the biggest thing that you can do is when we send out an alert, please call your rep, 
representative or a state senator, your legislator, because it really does mean a lot when their constituents reach out to them. Very good. So there you have it. I wanted to uh, set aside some time so that you could personally hear from someone who's on the front lines, who's seeing this rule and other bills just just really be debated, really be explained. And sometimes the media doesn't do the best job of uh, connecting you with that information. So I encourage you to uh, follow Molly's work, uh, Illinois Pro Family Alliance's Facebook page or ilpfa.org. Uh, also, don't forget about Illinois Right to Life and the Coalition of Non-Public Schools here in Illinois. And I gave you the wrong uh, address, <laughs> the wrong website earlier. It's actually icns.net, not .org. Okay, good, good. Important correction uh, there. So with that, yeah, even if outside of this issue, you're just a concerned citizen who wants to see less babies killed in the womb, who wants to see religious liberty continue to be protected in the, the midst of our uh, hypersexualized LGBTQ affirming culture, and you're someone who cares about private Christian education. All these things Ralph and Molly care about as well, which is huge that we at the very least uh, support them in our prayers, if not by uh, reaching out and having them speak at our churches um, or even financially partnering as well. So Molly, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to connect with us. Uh, any final parting words for our millions of listeners? Um, call your legislator and ask them to vote no. Amen. Uh, amen to that. So thank you so much for plugging in to Anchor today. It's always a joy and a privilege to have you with us here in studio. And I always have a fun time with my guests. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the Lord has in store on our next episode of Anchor. Until then, God bless.